Chapter 3 of Innocencia, a story of the prairie regions of Brazil. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Piotr Nater. Innocencia, a story of the prairie regions of Brazil, by the Viscount of Taunay, translated by James William Wells. The Doctor. Cirino de Campos was born, as he had told Pereira, in the province of São Paulo, in the peaceful and pretty town of Casabranca, about two hundred miles from the coast. Son of a vendor of drugs, who called himself chemist and added to his trade the functions of a post-office master, Cirino grew up under the parental eyes until he reached the age of twelve years, when he was sent at one festival time, and with many kindly recommendations, to an old uncle and godfather, an inhabitant of Ouro Preto, Minas Gerais. This relation, a bachelor, and by disposition extremely morose, misanthropical, and given to the practice of the most penurious habits, received the boy thoroughly and with manifest discontent, for the presence of a stranger would naturally interrupt the manner of complete retirement to which he had been addicted for so many years. He was an old man, who yet retained the fashions of his youth in wearing knee breeches and buckle shoes, powdered hair and a pigtail. He was reputed to be wealthy, so much so that throughout the city of Ouro it was affirmed that he was a thorough miser, the public voice declaring that his gold, and that no small sum, was buried in holes he had made in the floor of his bedroom. "'My little friend,' observed his godfather to Serino a few days after his arrival, you may rest assured that, for the merest trifle, I will drive every grain of dust out of your jacket with a good cudgelling. So just be advised in time, and take care to conduct yourself as straight as a spindle. The boy, terrified, retired to a dark corner of the house, where, all the long evening, until slumber relieved his feelings, he passed the dreary hours in bitter tears, and in regretful memories of the happy days passed with his old playfellows on the luxuriant grass lands of the outskirts of Casabranca, and above all, in yearning longings for the loving kindness of his mother. After having relieved himself of such a precautionary admonition, the uncle then proceeded to the house of certain padres who possessed some influence in the neighboring college of Carasa, and with them he made arrangements for the admission of his nephew into that establishment for clerical instruction. With his natural cunning, he succeeded without much difficulty in obtaining his desires and in paying the cost with compound interest merely by the aid of tempting promises. At present, he observed, or rather he hinted to the padres, I can do nothing for the education of the lad, but, in short, I am already an old man, you know, and, and some day I, I will try to prove that I do not forget the good padres who have helped me so much. The priests unhesitatingly construed his vague promises into an intended legacy of a good round sum, and relying upon such an eventuality, it was decided that Cirino should be admitted to the college. The knowledge of the want of natural protection generally causes boys to become docile and resigned to their fate. The country lad, therefore, preserved a timid silence as he passed the threshold of the home where, withal, he would but sadly pass the best days of his youth, in masticating Latin, stammering Telemachus, and day and night intoning in a falsetto voice the service of the church. Unquestionably the old uncle had done a very good stroke of business to attain his object with the expenditure only of words, which cost him nothing. Moreover, he clung to life so tenaciously 
that eventually he had the satisfaction of seeing carried to their last home in the cemetery two of the padres in whom he had created such hopes of inheriting some of his wealth finally as he also had to pay the universal tribute one fine day he died when least expected but uttering strict injunctions to attend to his will which was promptly examined with an eagerness worthy of a better cause a last will and testament it was it is true it was not merely a testament only but an excessive legal document and all done in the handwriting of the old man but of bars of gold or of piles of notes not the shadow of a vestige nor a word of mention the house was searched from top to bottom the floors were taken up the walls were sounded the furniture was broken yet all in vain nothing appeared nothing indicated the hiding-place of the riches nor gave any clue to guess their whereabouts then it was discovered that the old fraud once a follower of the arch-rebel xavier or tiradentes the tooth-drawer was really what he had always professed to be a man without a penny and who had philosophically lived at the cost of his neighbours on the credit of the wealth with which they in their imaginations had endowed him his last testament was one long satire half jocular half ironical like a mocking laugh from the tomb and endorsed by the satirical legacy of his library which in a pompously worded codicil he left to the padres of carasa with the end said he to aid the education of youths and further the good intentions of their honoured and virtuous directors on searching for the books an old trunk was discovered filled with the remains of volumes destroyed by white ants amid cries of indignation and horror these were by order of the padres immediately committed to the flames of an auto da fe for the fragments of the books showed them to be translations in portuguese of the ruins of volney the man of nature the philosophical dictionary of voltaire the quotations of pigole brun the war of the gods of parny and the romances of the marquis de sade the consequences of this posthumous joke which destroyed to the root the conceit of a lifetime was the immediate exclusion of sirino from the college of carassa he was then eighteen years old and although an odium was attached to him on account of his relationship to his singular and deceased protector yet being active and intelligent he succeeded in obtaining a situation as an assistant in a small drug store where amongst medicines and prescriptions he found himself returning to the old associations of his parental home the work was light the preparation of prescriptions occurring so seldom that the pharmaceutical ingredients remained for entire months in their chipped and mouldy flasks waiting for someone to think of removing them from their dusty oblivion amidst a small population for a simple seller of drugs to become practically a member of the medical faculty there is but one step in due time sirino began to acquire some practice in the art of prescribing and by constantly studying the medical work of chernovis he became so familiar with its pages that with some medicines in his trunk he one day set out on a voyage of discovery in the neighbouring districts in search for patients requiring his services it was on these journeys that he commenced to receive the appellation of doctor and to somewhat justify a claim to such a title he left the service of the drug seller and matriculating in the school of pharmacy of urupretu he duly received from the president of the province the diploma of chemist and druggist no sooner was he in possession of this desirable document that serino made a final departure and proceeded to travel through the inhabited regions of the sertão to cure 
bleed, cut, and slash, uniting to a limited knowledge of some value, such ideas as his experience indicated, or that popular opinion or superstition called for. The whole of his knowledge was based on Chernovis, ever his inseparable vademecum, his golden book. Day and night it was in his hands. Day and night he consulted its pages by the side of his campfire or by the bed of the sick. Chernovis, say the authorities, contains many errors and much irrelevant and useless matter. However, in the interior of Brazil it is a work which incontestably has done good service, and one whose teachings have the force of those of the evangelists. Serino was so familiar with every page of his copy that he could at once unhesitatingly open it at any part he required, and by its means he obtained a fund of instruction which was correct up to a certain point, and with which was happily united the natural study of the useful and little utilized herbs of the campos and forest. With the object of increasing his resources in indigenous medicinal herbs, he at times extended his tours beyond the inhabited regions, and only returned to his town when in want of such drugs as he could not obtain from nature. Finally, being naturally disposed to the complete freedom of action of the life of a wanderer, he resolved on undertaking a journey to Camapuan and the south of Mato Grosso, not only with the intention of extending his range of operations, but also with the view of satisfying his desires to explore new and distant lands. The young man was naturally of a generous disposition, and his mind was incapable of breeding unworthy thoughts. Nevertheless, in the depths of his character, there had already taken root certain habits of pride, or of a somewhat excessive self-esteem, the natural balance to a more or less share of acquired quackery, arising not only from his insufficient knowledge, but more especially from the narrow world of thoughts in which he had always lived. In any case, with all his defects, he was far superior to the ordinary peripatetic quack of the Sartan, such as one so often meets in those regions, and who is usually a man of the most crass ignorance, but surrounded by prerogatives of the most exceptional character. He enters everywhere, he penetrates the utmost seclusion of home life, he occupies the best seat at the guest's table, the softest bed in the house. In short, the doctor is a sacred person fallen from heaven, and for many miles round he attracts not only the sick, the halt, and the blind, but also fanatical hypochondriacs, who, for years having prescribed for themselves, or followed the advice of neighbors, now come to tender to these messiah doctors all their most ardent hopes for their longed-for convalescence. End of chapter 3